Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Calmel, and I am still a wayward dwarven warrior on a quest to protect his friends and loved ones by destroying that which threatens to destroy us all. With me once again, to delve too deeply and too greedily into the treasures of the ancestors, is a true warrior prince of the dwarves, the master of the Votan. He is marked with the very runes of the leagues themselves. He is still the Prince Durin IV of Khazad Doom to my Gimli son of Gloin, and he's still the handsomest man in 40k, as well as a coach for Vanguard Tactics, Mr. Jake Harding. Jake, it is so great to see you again, man. Welcome back. Dave, I had so much fun on the last one, and I know we haven't you know, been able to do this as regularly as we may have liked to, or equally to Steve's detriment, um, but I'm really looking forward to <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Um, obviously, we've got a whole new edition to talk about as well with with the Votan as well, uh, being 10th edition, because last time we spoke, it was about their 9th edition codex. Yeah. And now we get to talk about their 10th edition index. Absolutely, yeah. And you and I really haven't, I mean, we've texted a little bit. We haven't really had a chance to talk since Vegas. So um, oh, this yeah. is going to be great to catch up over our, our shared favorite uh, faction in the game. Yeah. So. Um, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in this episode, Jake and I are going to talk about um, the Leagues of Votan index cards. Uh, before we get started, a huge thanks to Games Workshop for sending us preview copies of all the indexes. Uh, these episodes that we're getting to you with Fast and Furious uh, would not be possible without GW's trust and confidence in us, so thanks to them. Uh, and before we get into anything else, let's uh, take a quick time out to acknowledge our first sponsor, The Outpost. The Competitive 40k podcast is proudly supported by The Outpost, your friendly local gaming store with the most helpful and friendliest of staff. After visiting The Outpost, I was taken aback by the whole host of products available in-store and online. With awesome discounts, gaming tables and a huge range of terrain for different game systems, The Outpost is certainly a great place to hang out and hobby. Check out www.the-outpost.co.uk or go and visit them in-store. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please do not forget to like, share, subscribe, leave us a five-star review if you would be so kind. Uh, and with that, um, Jake, Leagues of Votan, you have had a few test games with Steve, uh, and you've been able to play around with this a little bit, and I have not yet. I've just been theory hammering in my head as I'm reading over all this stuff and drooling. Um, so what, first and foremost, what, um, for those who haven't had a chance to, to, uh, to delve into the Dwarves uh, in 10th edition, um, what are the expectations? What should people expect when they're going to sit down and either play with or play against the leagues? So I think that you're going to sort of expect a bit more of like a mix of your elite slash sort of more models on the table. Like if we were to look at everybody that's coming from ninth edition to 10th, um, you'll notice that I feel you, you've got a lot more <laughs> dwarfs on the table, which, you know, I'm never, never going to complain about. Um, but I think they're going to be quite like a hard-hitting army. Um, as we're obviously going to go into, their army rule, I feel, is quite strong in the forms of Judgment Takers because of how the game is now with a higher sort of toughness. Um, again, a lot of the weapons here, I feel, do a lot of damage as well. And I just feel in general like they're, they're a bit of a toolbox army, weirdly, which I, I never thought I'd say. <laughs> um, but they're dominantly a shooting army as well. Like I think the, the melee side of it is maybe overshone by how good some of the shooting can be and again with lots of combos and stuff that i think we're gonna obviously go into um i don't want to give too much away in the intro but um 
I'm I'm very excited about this index, and not just because it's my favorite faction, because but because I genuinely think there's a lot of really cool tricks here. Awesome. Yeah, my I was kind of disappointed when I at first when I saw that my Cronus build is gone, at least for now. Maybe when the codex drops, the, there will be a, a melee inclined detachment, but uh, that's OK. I'm I'm all for guns. I, I you know, I, we all know that I, I like my shooting with my Tau and such. So I'm OK with 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 the, the more of the mix. We've also and this is the first episode we're recording after the points dropped uh, the other day. So we can actually talk about points in this episode, which is good. Mm. Um, points came down a lot as you and I were talking in pre-show. Um, what we fielded in ninth was about 10, 15 to 20% less than what we can field now for the same 2000 points. That about sound right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? It actually feels like it potentially feels like what we could have had if, um, the internet didn't explode when Votan came, you know, were, were showed off. <laughs> um, yes. I think this is more of a, I think this is more of a true representation of how Games Workshop wanted to see a Votan army on the table, I think it's fair to say, but with also not insanely busted rules, <laughs> which is great. Right. So I think you're going to get a lot more for your buck. And as obviously we'll go into it, you know, where we, we will try and, I think it's fair to say as well, you know, look, it's good to go into 10th edition with a, you know, a completely new, you know, like forget the past. But I think for Votan, it's good to compare, but only because their book was so recent when in the grand scheme, right? Um, they were yeah. one of the more recent codexes and especially with them being a new army. But I feel that there is such a stark difference between the t- ninth and 10th edition versions of Votan and not just because of, maybe certain units you'll be including certain not units you won't be including but more so just because of how much more i feel you get which is yeah again i'm awful <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk about uh let's get into some specifics um obviously we're gonna let's we gotta cover the army rule first um judgment tokens are back but go ahead and explain for everybody what how the what's the change now what does eye of the ancestors mean for everybody now so before obviously the old mechanic everybody was oh, panic. <laughs> it was basically you get a judgment taken if you sneezed really um like you get a judgment taken for anything lot a lot less brutal now um so the main army rule i the ancestors is if your faction is leagues of votan each time an enemy unit destroys a leagues of votan unit in your army that unit gains one judgment taken any any enemy unit can never have more than two judgment tokens any further judgment tokens that unit would gain are ignored and then each time um, a model from your army with this ability makes an attack against the target that has judgment tokens, you could see how many judgment tokens they have and you get the following bonuses. So if they have one judgment token on them, you get plus one to hit, which is pretty good. Okay. That's um, in my good. opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, considering that, obviously, as we'll go into, Votan have essentially lost a point of Ballista skill. Um, so they are now mostly hitting on fours, whereas before they were hitting on threes, this just puts you back to that freeze. The more strong side of it is um, if you have two judgment tokens on you, Dave, you're getting plus one to hit and wound, um, which I think is nuts, considering we're seeing a lot of more higher toughnesses, um, including Votan as well, which we will go into. Um, Vehicles obviously being a lot tougher and all of that. The ability to just have a plus one to wound just for having two judgment tokens on you is really good and don't worry people okay i know you're probably sat there going oh but that they've got to kill two units to have two judgment tokens on you that that's that's not a fair trade just to get plus one to win there's a few ways of also manipulating that to you know you don't making sure you don't have to lose units so don't worry yeah absolutely and one of those ways uh starts 
right off the bat with the detachment rule, ruthless efficiency for the the oath band detachment. So go ahead and explain that one for everyone. So just before I quickly explain this, I do just want to say this as well about 10th edition. This whole detachment thing is probably my favorite thing in 10th. Really? Yeah. I love this idea that you get this really awesome rule that maybe won't benefit units individually, but actually just benefits like an old D benefits your army and stuff. Like again, I know we're not, I know this is just the Votan one, but like some of the, all of the detachments seen like the Admech one and the Necron one and all of these ones, I think are awesome. So, um, and Votan actually, I think have one of the coolest. So I'm going to talk about it now. And this is ruthless efficiency, like you said, Dave. So how this works at the start of the first battle round, or sorry, sorry, the start of the battle even, we don't even have to go into a battle round. I select one unit in my opponent's army and that unit instantly gains two judgment tokens because we're judging them. And it's very good. We are pre-judging, which we shouldn't do on social media, but in 40k, we will do. I think we'll, we'll allow it for these very small men of iron. I think it's fair to say we'll, we'll allow it for them. They've been yes. through enough. Okay. But then the other part of this is also really cool. So this, this can be interpreted a few ways in terms of if you read it really quickly, you, you may play it slightly wrong. So I'm going to go really in depth for this because I was also playing it wrong until I read it properly. Okay. So how this works is, then, at the start of any command phase in which that enemy unit is destroyed, you gain a number of command points depending on how early in the battle you destroyed them as shown by the table below. So the table below is as follows. If the unit is destroyed by the start of your first or second battle round, you gain three command points, which is great. Which is great. If, you, if they're destroyed by your third or fourth, you gain two. And if they are destroyed by your fifth, you gain one. Now, bear in mind as well, there's a little caveat here that says you can only gain CP in this way once per battle and, ga and CP gained in this way are an exception to the core rules that limit you to having one more than one CP a turn, like gaining one more than one. Right. So obviously, like it said, so if I kill a unit, so the best way to see this is if I kill that unit in battle round two and then going into my third command phase that unit is dead i'll get two command points anyway i killed them in the second battle round because it's when right. they, they have to be dead at the start of that command phase um i think this is insanely strong uh you know like like we said just picking a unit and making it plus one to hit and wound for your whole army before the game's even started is amazing um you can use this in a few ways so the first way which is probably the more obvious way you pick the scariest, biggest thing in your opponent's army and you go, bang, I'm just going to get that. The other way of looking at it is you could give it to, a, you could pick a really squishy unit in your opponent's army, kill it really quickly, and then you're going to get three command points. And as we'll go into the stratagems, they're very good. <laughs> they're very good. Right. It says at the start of the battle, and I know I, I, the, the rules commentary also came out with the points values. Mm. Does at the start of the battle mean after deployment? I, I believe so. I think I think in the core rules, I believe the battle is the the start of the battle is the the roll off, as it were. So I think that's done in the it okay. would probably be done in the same aspect as I'd imagine. Um, I, I'm probably going to go on a limb and say that this is done at the same time you do your scout moves and everything like that. You do that, but, you know, then the battle begins. That's when you do your ruthless efficiency. You pick one of your units, so you'll know where all your opponent's units are. You'll know what's on the table. You know what's not on the table. Um, 
So if somebody already hung a, uh, a squad of something infiltrating out in the middle of the table, you can go, you know, I'd like an early three command points, them. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, that's another way to look at it. And like I said, is I think a lot of people I've been, you know, like chatting to like Steve and that, they were like, oh, well, you know, you can obviously just pick the big thing. But also he then made the point of we came to this point of, you know, um, well, why you could equally just pick a really squishy unit in your opponent's army and just get those command points and then start using these awesome stratagems that the Botan have. So there's so many ways you right. can use this. And again, I think I love this rule. I really, really love this rule. Thank you, Games Workshop, because I feel that this is this was the this was the thing that when I saw this was the first thing I saw of Tenth Edition was this whole detachment thing. And I just was in love and I just felt had a really good feeling about the edition the moment I saw detachment rules in general and this was this was the one that made me go wow okay I really like this very cool all right so uh we're gonna start getting into some units uh we'll start talking data sheets before we do that uh, we gotta stop for another timeout for our second sponsor Colorforge the Competitive 40K podcast is supported by Colorforge I found Colorforge 18 months ago and I was blown away by the quality of the product I've always had an incredible finish, not too thick, not too chalky, and have always had the perfect coverage in all kinds of weather conditions. The cans are around 25% larger and cheaper than most other brands on the market. All of the colors are matched to Citadel base color, so it makes that transition from rattle can to paints absolutely seamless. Check out www.thecolorforge.com to pick up your sprays today, along with a whole host of other awesome hobby products. All right, we are back. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to uh, jump on Facebook and join the competitive Warhammer 40K community Facebook page. Uh, the password this month is still Drago. Remember, I'm not spell checking you. Uh, just do your best. Everybody's been you know, moderately close that I've let in so far uh, with that password. Don't forget to answer the questions. Remember, no, no questions, no password, no entrance. You know, we're, we're, we're the cool version of a speakeasy from 100 years ago. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, and also don't forget to uh, check us all out on Instagram. Uh, Jake's on there at VT underscore Jake. I'm on there at, uh, at infantry lawyer 40 K Steve's on there at, at the Vanguard tactics. Uh, find, check us all out, come follow us and see our hobby progress and uh, the other fun stuff that we like to post on there. So with that, Jakey, let's talk about um, the first data sheet, which is the only, the one and only named character, the, the man himself, Uthar, the destined, and we don't have to worry anymore about fielding Greater Thurian League. You can just put him on the table. doesn't matter who your faction is. And with that, he's pretty darn good. Yeah. So I like Ufar. Me and him are buddies. We're bros. You know, we, we, <laughs> I, I took him to Beachhead with me. And he was flipping right. dice for me in ninth edition to sixes with my magma rails. And we, we and him were having a whale of a time, right? Um, right. I feel, and this is just me, he's... He's lost a lot of efficiency, right? But because of how the game has changed in terms of there's no more auras and anything like that. So we'll go for him. So the first thing to know about him is that um, his sword um, no longer is an extra... Like, So his, his sword is really good in combat anyway, like in this edition. The fact it's got five attacks, weapon skill two plus, strength six, minus three, two damage with a devastating wounds rule. Really solid combat character there. Um, could definitely hold his own. Um, if we were to compare him from before, he has lost essentially his ability to have an extra damage when he hits something with a judgment token, but there's neither here nor there. We don't need to worry about that. Um, 
is 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 retained one of my favorite rules um but it's slightly changed so once per turn you can change one hit wound or damage roll for this model to a six keyword there for this model so right. you're not doing it for anybody within an aura or range or anything like no before. um i would have loved it if he could have done it for maybe a model in his unit um i thought that would have been a really cool right. thing um if i'm just being nitpicky um be- just just due to the fact of he doesn't have to roll for damage. That that wording's more in there to keep rules like this consistent. Um, but you can still turn a dot. You know, you can turn a wound roll to a six, making a devastating wound. So I'm not going to complain. I think it's cool. Right. Um, yeah. He he also turns all damage to one, no matter what it is. Great. <laughs> like really great. Yeah. And since the the number of, of models in the game now that has damage reduction has been grossly decreased. Mm. And even there's only one dreadnought in the entire space ring codex now that has damage reduction. Yeah. All the others lost it. So um, this is kind of a big deal that he's got that damage reduction. It's going to make him live a hell of a lot longer. Yeah. Like, um, you know, he's, he, he can tank the world. I think it's fair to say like it potentially could be the world. If you've only got five attacks, and you know you were d3 damage or three damage or d6 or whatever he just turns it all to one so you have to hit and wound with all them all and hope that he doesn't save any of them is you know pretty unlikely <laughs> um a yeah. few other things he, he has so he has the grim efficiency rule uh so this is the new um eye of the ancestors type of rule that the um that the carls had in the previous edition so same as before once per battle round in your command phase you select one one model from your army with this ability, then select one enemy unit that is visible to that model, and they gain a judgment token. So again, like we spoke about, there are more ways of giving judgment tokens. This is a this is a holdover. Um, again, super solid, um, especially with now how characters also work with them being in units. You can sort of hang them out, get him to look at a unit, you know, and and know that he's going to be, you know, like there's no worry about any snipers hitting him or obviously well precision and all that but you're not having to worry about someone getting really really close to him because the unit he's in will be tanking it and the final thing he does is he gives everybody in his unit a five plus invulnerable save just nice yeah now solid um yeah and now the if you're he can only join Hearthguard and and hearthkin warriors so Hearthguard, are you're you're probably already going to give them well you don't know you, you could give them the teleport and then then they want the invulnerable save yeah. Um, or if you're giving giving them hearth hearthkin warriors, then they def- they they don't have the option for the invulnerable. So, yeah, yeah, it's a nice little, yeah, I, I a, a little extra endurance. Yeah. Um, hearthguard are really good, and uh, anything that lets them be better is great. So um, that's that's my little piece on hearthguard. So um, yeah, he's great. Um, there is obviously I I don't want to jump the gun too much, Dave. But um, I do feel there is someone slightly better than him. And that is, for the, for the first time ever, if you don't mind me saying. Go ahead. It's our friend, the Carl. Really? He's our friend. All right. All right. He is our friend. He is our friend. He's not and a high call anymore, though. Well, how? Honestly, but... okay. That, some, that was something I was genuinely gutted about. <laughs> like, no yeah. more high call jokes. And I don't know how I'm going to cope, to be honest. Um. I maybe <laughs> I'm I'm gutted. that that actually made me quite upset and more and more upset than I'm willing to admit in a public forum. Um, so <laughs> uh, so um, let me talk to you about him, right? So go for it. 
again, few things to note, and this is something that I'm now going to sort of touch into, and I didn't want to touch into it with Ufar because he was already T5 previously. All the Votan, pretty much, have gone up by one toughness. And all their sheets. So Hearthkin Warriors are now toughness 5. Hearthguard are toughness 6. Um, the Carl himself is toughness 5, which is great. Um, so the Carl is 90 points. So if we now start talking about points, this is why I like him a bit more. So he's 90 points. Ufar is 115 points. Just going to fact check myself. Yep, that is, that is correct. I know I can get some things right occasionally. Uh, yep, you got it. So he, so he does, he does one thing Ufar doesn't. So he doesn't allow you to. He doesn't turn damage to one. He can't flip a dice to a six for himself. But he does give you lethal hits, which means that every roll of a six you roll to hit. So every critical hit, which is again another name for a six, counts as an automatic wound. So again, very similar to the old sort of judgment token mechanic. Um, right. Now the reason I really like this. It's just purely for the fact of a lot of the units that he'll be joining are a lot of their weapons are either strength four or strength five. Now, even with your, you know, plus one to wound into certain targets and, you know, vehicles looking really solid as well, it just means he can join any unit and you, he's going to get good efficiency out of them. Um, he's a lot cheaper. He does have the Rampart Crest as well, which is great. Um, which is the same thing Ufar has for the 5 plus vulnerable save. And, as well, he does have another thing that the that, that Ufar doesn't, and that's the option to take a teleport crest. Yeah. And a teleport crest means that while this model is leading a unit, models in that unit have the deep strike ability. So he can give a unit deep strike. Which is nice. It's it's especially when you're we're talking about, you know, stick him in a unit of Hearthkin or Hearthguard who yeah. all have a five inch movement, yeeting him across the, the field early on. Yeah. Now they don't, they don't have the ability though, unlike, and this is the thing that I was gutted about. I, when I look through the stratagems and everything, I don't see a way for Hearthguard to teleport mid game, just pick him up off the board and put him down on the other side of the board anymore. No, no fast redeployments. And and Dave, you would be correct. We have lost sight to sight teleportation, and it will sit there with the high call in my little memory box of things I love. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. However, pour one out for sight to sight teleport transport. Yeah. Everybody that's you know listening to this, just take a moment of silence. Pause the pause the podcast. Just have a moment to think about high call, sight to sight teleportation, whether you loved it or hated it, and then make sure you keep listening. Right. Yes. Then move on. Yeah, then literally move on, please, right? Because we can't we can't be dwelling <laughs> in the past, right? But because the reason we can't be dwelling in the past, Dave, is because we have great strats anyway. I think actually, arguably, we have better strats than site to site teleportation, you know, which I yes, think is great. We'll get to those. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get to those in a in a minute. Uh, so, um, for you, do you think are are you leaning more towards the four drop plasma axe or the mass gauntlet on your call? Oh, isn't that a question? I think for me, I'll probably just be going with the with the um, the fist, the um, the, the mass gauntlet. Um, I previously yeah. never went with the mass gauntlet because it cost more points. Because and I was very stingy with my high Carl. He he had a bolter and he had two CP spent on him, and that was it. <laughs> but now, gone are the days right. of spending command points on things. Gone are the days of spent you know up you know paying points for war gear. So for me, I think the mass gauntlet, it just gives you that really nice level of like, if you go into something that 
is a bit tougher or you know like your your blade guard veterans um your uh like intercessors or not intercessors your um what is it terminators as an example right they're three wings each it just means i feel right. you can go in give them a little love tap and hopefully take them out um which i really like in terms of gun um i'd probably just go with the volkite disintegrator but that's because that's how i would like to equip my hearth guard so just keeping it consistent with him the only difference for him is he's hitting on twos anyway he doesn't need a judgment token um right and yeah but i think he's he he for me is a, a bit of a standout um character actually if when i was looking at the characters um because I, I really like him i think he's cool yeah I'm kind of irritated because I, when I originally built my call, I put the mask on him and then I, you and I had talked a few times. I was like, you had sold me on the plasma axe. Yeah. So I snapped his arm off, put the plasma axe on, started painting it up. And then this came out and I was like, I gotta put the mask on back on. Oh, well, there we go. Bit. Snapping it off again, changing arms. Okay. If it helps, we can do that bit again and I'll say plasma. <laughs> so we can put anyway, <laughs> editor sound clip plasma axe in place of mask on yeah. and then Dave, Dave's happier. And no, that's no, what no, I no. We're good. I, I, <laughs> I honestly, I like, I like the, I think the model looks cooler with that, with that, with the mask gauntlet on. And yeah. I, I, I agree with you that the three damage over two is more important than having one extra attack with the plasma axe. Yeah. So. Um, because if we look at it, the the max damage you'll do on the plasma axe is eight, whereas the max damage you can do on the mask all is nine. Um, so if we just go on that basis, I know obviously you're hitting on less, but again, judgment tokens are our friends, and we don't need to worry about you know like that. That then brings us back to that plus one to hit, you know the twos to hit. Um, you right. pretty much be wounding most things on twos if you're strength eight with plus one to wound. Obviously, exceptions being monsters and vehicles, which like we've said quite a lot of had quite a big toughness increase um and yeah so now I, I, I like but it. even then if you if you with the strength eight if you put if it's got a judgment token on it you then you're probably wounding it on fours yeah which is so great like, which is great bang yeah like just love punch yeah bang. you know and we need knights yeah. on fours as well like because they're t12 and 10 and 11 and all that he's still wounding them on fours and he's doing flat free damage to them each time like that could that's enough to put an armature or a big knight, you know, if you took nine wounds off a big knight, that is left with 13. Your unit, you, you, you know, surely you'd think your unit could potentially, you know, mop up the rest. At least I'd like to think. <laughs> so, yeah. One would hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So speaking of, of uh, love taps, uh, let's talk about the Iron Hair Champion. Oh, Steve's favorite. My favorite model. He is the is, Yeah, I know. <laughs> he yeah. is. I love this guy. Okay. Because Steve made me love him, basically. Um, I loved the model anyway, and it, Steve's going on about this this hammer champ, and it felt like for a good four months he was everywhere. <laughs> he was everywhere. He was in every yeah. battle report. He's in every thumbnail. He's in every TikTok. He's in every banner. He's in every. He's in everything. I'm surprised at one point we didn't do shirts with him on. Um, you know, just an attestment to how lovely that model was painted. And you're welcome, Steve. Anyway, so. He's proper cool, and he's seventy-five points of cool, and this is the thing that yeah. I'm I'm really liking about the tenth edition characters is that because um, characters have gone down a lot in points just due to the fact of now they're more sort of you know giving one unit a buff rather than and you know more of your army. Um, it's just more excuse to take characters, and I love characters, so I'm all good. So we'll talk about. So we'll just talk about his abilities first. So the first thing he does is he allows. Uh, while this model is leading a unit, he can reroll charges. 
super solid, super simple, right? Right. Saves you a CP, essentially, if you need to reroll a charge. Maybe from Deep Strike teleportation. More interesting rule <laughs> is that uh, each time this model ends a charge move, you can select one enemy unit within engagement range of this model and roll a D6. On a 2 to 5, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. On a 6, that unit suffers D3 plus 3 mortal wounds. Yes. His mass drivers got better. Yeah. So very solid. Right. Really like this. Yeah. Um, and then I like him even more when we look at his combat weapons. So I always had mine with a Dark Star app with that little combo back in the day to give it extra damage and you know ignore wound cap and i loved it darkstar axe is still super cool so it's six attacks weapon skill two plus strength six ap2 two damage super solid good at killing yeah hordes yeah good reliable you know it'll 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 walk into a horde of necron warriors or something and it'll do work it'll it'll pick up a good portion of a space marine squad it's good it's reasonable but you know what's cooler dave it's, I do. It's tell the, tell, tell it, our listeners. It's the hammer, the mass hammer. This thing, right? I am proper sold on this thing now. Three attacks, weapon skill three plus. But again, our friend, the judgment token, doesn't. It can give us plus ones a hit, so we'll be back on twos. Strength twelve minus two, d six plus one damage each. Wow. Yes. Okay. Wow. This guy with. Judgment tokens with anything really is going to go into something and it's going to hurt it badly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm here yeah. for he, it. He yeah. will uh, with a with a good charge and uh, his mass drivers and a, and a, and some reliable and and one at least one judgment token, if not two. And he's going to be putting a serious hurt on a lot of vehicles, which and monsters, which in this edition are going supposed to be harder to, to hurt. And yeah. against most things are harder to hurt. This guy is going to be able to hurt him. Yeah. And I think as well that he's one of the combat pieces that you can have, you know, you can attach him to a unit of um, Hearth Guard. And as we've alluded to, I love them already. Um, so anything to yeah. <laughs> anything to help them. Uh, I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think for 75 points, he's he's pretty much in. He could be even in over the Carl if we wanted to take loads of units. I had to pick one hero. He he may yeah. he may oh. just edge it. He may just edge it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. He's he's the auto take for me, but with with the call being a close second. Yeah. No, I agree, and I think I think for me it's the other way round. But just because of I like the the idea of having lethal hits. But this guy is so good that I'd probably consider going against my ethos of only having one Votan character in an army and just taking two just so I could have him, and also to make Steve happy. Um, because we got to keep him happy, eh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we got to keep the boss happy yeah so uh all right so the 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 third of our four characters um is the the wizard who is uh always right on time the grimnir <laughs> now he is not as cool as he used to be dave this is where i have to be very honest here and i love the grimweir model he was one of the first characters i painted for my votan and i love him yeah Love I don't think he's I don't think he's going to be coming out very often and that really actually pains me to say that all right so reason is right this this is one this is the the main reason for this is purely because I think he's great if we look at his rules right if we just look at his rules first he gives plus one toughness when he's leading a unit to the unit fantastic really solid right. that's, that's great 
that's that's the vote in favor yeah fans absolutely fantastic um once per battle after you failed a battle shot check you can just pass it so again saving you command points again another fantastic rule in my opinion his his psychic shooting is very good so he either has uh 24 inches three shots hitting on two plus strength six minus two d3 damage or he can go super saiyan and go with hazardous which means that if after you've shot you roll a dice on a one he would take mortal wings he could get six shots strength set uh sorry six shots weapons of bliss seal two plus strength six minus two d3 damage so double the number of shots sounds great right sounds awesome okay Main thing I feel lets him down. He can only join warriors. Yeah. And that instantly then just kills my vibe for him, which is really sad because I really love him. Like, I can't stress how much I love this model. But yeah, I'm sorry, Grimware. I think you're going to be sitting on the shelf for quite a long time. Yeah. I mean, his the the there was a it was a the, I, I like I had this emotional roller coaster with him because, you know, I heard that, oh, the psychic phase is going away. Mm. And and we saw some, you know, on Warcom before we got our, our preview stuff from GW, it was like Warcom was doing some releases was like, oh, this is what a librarian can do. This is what some of the Tyranid psychic models can do. This is how. So we got sort of a rough idea of how psychics were going to work. So, oh, OK, this this is cool. Mm. So so, you know, my one Grimnir is not going to um, likely be, you know, giving away lots of victory points to T-Suns anymore. Cool. All right. Awesome. And I don't have to worry about him dispelling can't you know countering spells anymore because he could only do one before okay fine he's so so now he might be even better plus i really liked how he gave me one cp every turn oh that's gone yeah um yeah i'm i'm very disappointed um with him but i also think that you know if you if you do want to take him for 75 points even if you don't attach him to a unit like he still has some decent shooting, but I just think that I, t- I don't know. I don't know if I can even justify taking him really. Like in my and this is me just being super critical. As as you know, we want to be as honest as we can here on the Competitive Forty K podcast. Isn't that right, Dave? I feel. Yeah. This is your baby. This is yours. I I want to be honest with you. I want to give you my most honest take because I want the best show we can. I don't want people absolutely. I don't want people saying I'm faking it. This is me not faking it. I don't like him. He's going to sit on the shelf. That pains me to say it. I'm nearly in tears, yeah. but it has to. It yeah, has if to if <laughs> I have to say that if you're if you if you absolutely for whatever moral, ethical, or you know, uh, aesthetic reason feel like you have to put him on the table, you have to put him in a Grimnir squad. His yeah. entire like I I don't even think his shooting is that good. I right. think his his fortify and his Grimnir's regard abilities. Mm. Um, are, are his only good selling points. It, yeah, that's it. And he's what seventy five point. Yeah, he's a, another seventy five points. Yeah, that's a lot of investment just to give a, a Hearthkin Warrior Squad plus one toughness. Well, it's essentially so, like if we look at it, that's half the squad's worth. Right, which is mad. And you're not doubling its value by doing this. No, if, so, any, if anything, yeah. you're not not even really doing anything with it um but yeah right. very sad very very sad on that one but it's a but it's okay because we there's a lot of other cool stuff yeah all right so now we go back to the one who was sort of the auto take in ninth edition and i still think he's pretty strong yeah. the broke here iron master yeah so um so i've got very mixed views on this guy so again he's another 75 pointer um which is cool 
so really cheap um for what he can do so so i'll just i'll just let you give you give you the lowdown so first thing is that while he's leading a unit they have plus one to hit on their ranged weapons um so key thing here that won't stack with judgment tokens because judgment tokens also give you a plus one to hit so what it is good for is if you're shooting at something that's minus one to hit or equally doesn't have a judgment token on it you know that your unit your models in your unit are going to be hitting more efficiently really great that i think that's a really cool little rule the other thing he does is at the end of your movement phase this unit this unit can repair one leagues of votan vehicle or exo frame unit within three inches that model regains up to d3 wounds or up to three if the iron can assistant is still there and you can only repair once per turn again pretty solid um, if you have a land fortress near him, which I imagine you would, uh, or equally a exo frame unit in the form of Thunderkin, which conveniently, Dave, he can join, um, you know, so they're always going right. to be within three. Uh, pretty solid there. And he's got a really good array of weapons as well. He's got a, he's got an anti, he's got a, gra a graviton rifle, which is 18 inches, three shots, freeze to hit, strength five, minus one, free damage. And this is anti vehicle two plus, meaning every, Roll of a two plus is a critical wound versus the vehicle keyword. Really good that. Mm -hmm. Um, he has a plethora of combat. He's got a load of extra models as well to maybe bulk out a unit's OC potential. Um, and yeah, like I think he's good. The other question then becomes: Would I take him as a personal thing? And I don't think he makes the cut for me. I don't think he's mm -hmm. good enough. I think he's. I think he's solid, and I think he gives. He gives a lot of utility, but I think sadly he is another one that is going to be sat on the shelf with the Grimware, just chilling out. Yeah, yeah. He seems like a seven. He's seventy five points of an insurance policy, but he's not even a great insurance policy. Like nah. he's the cheapy discount insurance policy that was the only insurance you could afford when you first got your driver's license. Yeah, like that's he's because he'll he'll heal up a couple wounds here and there on your vehicle or maybe on your Thunderkin. It, he'll give you plus one to hit on a unit if uh if he's in the in the Thunderkin unit he's leading if you're they don't have a judgment token yeah other than that he's seventy five points of well he's there yeah and so. I just think again he's another one that I I'm not looking at too much as a include in my army however I think the other two characters if we're looking at putting multiple characters in for maybe for enhancement reasons or anything like that. I would just look at the other characters. That's just my personal view on that one. Um, if you, let's say, you, you know, you, you didn't have enough units of Hearthguard or something like that to have all your characters in, maybe then there's a shout for him to just be like an enhancement, enhancement, you know, monkey. He just sits there. You give You're him right. an enhancement. He does his thing. He's just Mr. Consistent. Um, but that, I think, that, again, I think that's me being a bit generous with him because I, I used to use this model all the time. He was in every list at the start. At the start of every list, it was him and his two Land Fortress friends. Um, but I think now that is gone of the days. New, new edition, new, new me. I think, I'm very sorry, Mr. Mr. Broke here, Forgemaster, but you've not made the cut. Yeah, agreed. All right, so, but what we can talk about, I think we, we can both be a little bit more positive about the Hearthkin Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these guys are cool. <laughs> OC2. These, yes. are, these are our OC2 unit. So these are our, our objective grabbers for sure. Yes, 100%. And uh, they've still got all the same weapon options that they had in the last edition. Plus, they now have the option of the Hylaz Rotary Cannon, mm. which is cool. But we can only get the model right now out of the Kill Team box set um, yeah. that <laughs> had them. 
So, which is kind of a bummer. So not going to see a lot of those unless people start proxying or getting third party, you know, yeah. can, you bits could, to, to, uh, to modify. Could always convert as well. Like you could, I've seen a few people who have made using the, um, the bikes rotary cannon, um, and then just like cutting off a, like it, it yeah, um, I can't even remember what it's called now. The, um, like something from the magma rail. It looks a bit weird. Mm-hmm. But it it will do the job, I think, if you really wanted it. Um, yeah, I really right. I really like the Hurfkin Warriors now. Um, again, their rule luck has need keeps toll earns. I'm really impressed. I actually did that in one. Um, at the end of your command phase, <laughs> if this unit is in range of objective marker, they become sticky, like you said. Fantastic rule. Um, the war gear abilities they still have the plethora of war gear. War gear, Dave. So we've got. Um, yep. you, they can have ignores cover. They can have a five plus. Um, whenever you use a stratagem on the unit on a five plus, you gain a CP. And in, and even on top of that, they can have a six plus. Feel no pain. And bear in mind, I believe they still get the option to have all of them. Yes, they do. So fantastic. There, you can have all of them in one unit. Um, love that. I think that again for 135 points for ten of them because it's the other thing. They are limited to just ten now. Can't take twenty weren't seeing yeah. many twenties anyway, at least for my these over here in the UK. I'm no, I don't think I ever saw any. I yeah. I actually played versus someone that had twenty once uh, at Warmerfest. Um, they were cool, but um, yeah, I I I wasn't I wasn't blown away. I think it's fair to say. But now you, you, there's no choice. You have to have ten, <laughs> and I think it's right. fine. I think it's great. Um, just little minutia to note, as we said. They're plus one toughness uh, from the previous editions. They're tough as five, which is great. Um, however, for every one thing we're given, we have to have something taken away from us. And this is in the form of the champion in the unit only has one wound, like the rest of the unit makes it all simpler. But he still has his yeah. four plus invulnerable save, so it's okay. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I'm, 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 I will say I'm bummed. I really liked having the medics running around last edition, bringing people back, yeah. <laughs> making my, my warrior squads last just a little longer, but I understand having, having, you know, every squad of 10 man squad of warriors with his own person, with their own personal apothecary, you know, was maybe a little too much, um, yeah. endurance just, and resistance for them, but you know, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll take, we'll take the plus one toughness and the feel no pain. Um, but yeah, th- and see, this is where the having the Grimnir in might not be terrible because ha- taking a, a single Hearthkin Warrior Squad up to T six is not bad. Yeah, it's not awful. But is it? But is it worth seventy five points? Yeah. That is for that is for each individual to determine. And Jake and I both agree that's probably a no. No, yeah. Um, again, when when we look at the point side of it. For seventy-five points, and I think it, this is this is what I'm I'm really excited because after this data sheet, we're going to get into some spice um, of the Votan, and I think that Votan for me are now a lot more about the actual units themselves rather than the characters, um, which is which is super cool, right? Like I love having more models yeah. on the table. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot there's there's some good units. There's very good units. <laughs> All right. Uh, and speaking of that, let's move on to what I think, and I think you agree, is the spiciest data card, the spiciest data sheet in this entire index, the Einherr Hearthguard. The Dwarven Terminators are here to wreck everybody's dreams and hopes of victory. Oh, damn. So, um, I love this. I, I love them so much. I love them. 
They are two plus saves, base toughness six. Yes, two wounds each. They only have an OC of one, but we can field them now in squads of five or ten. Yes, um, they can't have the teleport crest ability. So this is where you would, if you wanted to throw a call in here with the rampart crest to give them a five up invuln two. Um, they still have all the same weapon options as before: the plasma gun and the grenade launcher, or the vulcanite uh, disintegrator. Personally, I'm a fan of the the plasma gun because it's AP three. The plas the plasma um, looks looks quite tasty actually it, in this edition. Yeah. Um, it got a bit of a glow up with the you know what it is only one shot but better range. It's on a three plus again with our friend the judgment token getting us to twos very easily. Um, strength eight minus yep. three two damage. Um, again with some strats we'll go into later. You can do a lot of here. Um, for me I'm still taking the disintegrator. But again, just because of what I've alluded to with these stratagem combos we can do. Um, however, something that has changed for me, I used to I used to want to run blades, plasma blades. Yeah. I'm not I'm not feeling the plasma blades anymore, Dave, because the, the gauntlets no. look sick. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is another one. I was I was I was about after LVO and you and I had talked and you had sold me on the blades. I was just about to snap the blade snap my fist my gauntlets off and put on blades. And then I just because I haven't played since LVO, I was everything was just sitting on the shelf gathering dust. And then this came out and I went, Oh, oh no, we're gonna stay with gauntlets. Yeah, well for a good couple of reasons yeah whereas myself now is in the in the process of cutting all the blades off and repainting over just so they look like they've got the the gauntlets on um yeah. so yeah so we'll just talk about the comparisons here so the plasma blades three attacks hit weapon skill three plus strength six minus two one damage the gauntlets two attacks each weapon skill three plus strength nine minus two two damage so you get three points of strength better one point of damage better you hit on the same roll, which is actually quite rare when we've looked at some of the other weapons where normally right. the, the more hard-hitting weapon is, is you know, not as good to hit. Um, but you do lose an attack. That's fine because, you're again, yeah. if we look at it from the same point of view, we had the car with the mass gauntlet. Um, you still net... that This still has more potential damage because for every one wound that this thing gets through, you'd need to get through two wounds of your plasma blade. Um, yeah. Which is great. And I think these are this unit for me is one of the MVPs. It probably sits tied with another unit, um, which we will which we will see. Um but the other yeah. thing I want to note on these guys is they're 165 points for five and 330 points for ten. Wow. Uh mega yeah. cheap. And I know you may go, blah. 106, that's not cheap. There's five models. I'm like, okay, but they pump out damage. Like it's going out of fashion. Because um, we haven't even said about the other shooting weapon they get, because they either get the Volkite or the Plasma, but they always get their grenade launcher. This is D6 shots, Ballista Skill 3 plus, Strength 4, 0 AP, 1 damage. But this has the blast keyword, which means for every five models in your opponent's unit, you get plus one shot with this weapon. If you shoot a five-man yeah. unit with with this gun, and there's ten of them, there's ten dice before we've even rolled our D6s. Right. So on and so forth. If there's ten models in the unit, that's plus two. 
If there's 20 models in the unit, Dave, that's plus four for each model before we've even rolled dice. That's 40 shots before we've even rolled dice. <laughs> like, yeah. The volume of fire is going to is going to make Desolation mar- Marines cry. Yeah. Um, sadly, we have to see them uh, to do this. Um, right. Yeah. But- sadly, we need line of sight, but that's okay. We're that's not okay. Ch- cheese. Yeah. Anyway, we're, and, we're, and, we're, and frankly, in all, in all of our in all of our in all of our geeking out about the hearth guard, we haven't even touched on the Oathband bodyguard rule. Well, yeah. Well, this is the other thing, right? They get an awesome rule, which is while a character is leading this unit, each time an attack with a targets this unit if the strength catches of attack of that attack is greater than this unit's toughness you subtract one from the wound roll so their toughness six so they're very high toughness anyway but that means strength seven is still wounding them on fours right you have to get to strength you would have to get to what strength strength I don't even 12. think you can you can't even wound them on twos like you you can't wound them on twos. yeah it's impossible and the best you'll ever wound them on is freeze, and that's with a strength 12 weapon, which are very few and far between. Like, your strength 12 weapons are more your anti-tank weapons. Right. If you're aiming a railgun at these guys because you need to kill them, you've won. I think there's been a moral victory at the very least. <laughs> yeah. So I think, again, super solid. And another reason to take a car or a champion in your unit, not just because of what they give your unit, but because of just by having a character in that unit. I just think it's very, very solid. Um, these guys, I think, are going to be now the staple of a Votan army. Um, one of, well, At least one of them. I think you'll see at least 10 in every list. Myself, yeah, I'm taking 30 as a personal <laughs> thing. Um, and All right. if I could take more, Dave, I would. <laughs> That's how... I believe you. That's how highly I rate these guys. So yeah, massive, 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 massive fan of them. I think they're great. Yep. And, and so, and now we got to talk about the other, uh, the other unit that cannot have any characters joining it, but they were the standout unit pretty much for ninth edition, the Chthonian Berserks. Yeah. Are they, are they still as good as they were? Say so Dave, as all good things must come to an end. Yeah. The Berserks didn't, I don't think they got the full memo, but they definitely got a part of it. So they have lost a few things. So the first thing they've lost is with there no being such thing as Ymir or anything like that, they do not have a save, really. Um, they do have the Universal Rule 5 plus Feel No Pain, which they did before. Um, so they haven't lost that. They do have a 6-up armor save, so good on them. Um, they're tough as 5, they're 2 wounds each still, so again, looking solid. Um, main things to note so they do have two abilities one is more on a weapon the other is their unit rule so their unit rule is each time a model in this unit is destroyed by a melee attack if that model has not fought you can roll a dice on a four plus that unit that model will get to fight before it's moved from play before this used to be free right now you gotta roll dice for it now you gotta roll dice so if you think a unit of five models on average you're gonna have two maybe three fighting i guess that's cool right um yeah the other rule, however, that actually made me go back to my Berserker kit and try and scavenge some models to try and make this guy is actually the Mole Launcher. Um, so I was never a big fan of the Mole Launcher before. Um, however, so just it, it stats itself, 24 inches, blast, indirect fire, D6 shots, blitz skill 4 plus, strength 5, minus 1, 1 damage. However, it does have a rule, um, subterranean explosives. 
In your shooting phase, after this unit has shot, select one enemy unit, excluding monsters or vehicles, that was hit by one or more of it of this model's mole grenade launchers this phase, and roll a d6 on a four plus that until the uh, until the end of your opponent's next turn, that enemy unit is shaken. While a unit is shaken, subtract to two to its move characteristic and subtract two from advance and charge. Really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, especially when it because it's got a 24-inch range. Yeah. I'm going to bop you way over there. I don't really care if I do damage or not. The real reason I care about this is I'm going to slow you down. Yeah. Um, you can use this in so many ways. You can use this to um, abuse, like, sloppy, you know, like, in terms of, like, if if there's a unit there and, you know, you know it's a combat threat, you can shoot it. Because it's indirect as well. You don't even need to see them. Um and again, right. we don't have to pay points for this thing. It's just in our unit if we want it. We're not having to sacrifice any combat weapons to have him as well. Um, so I think he's just, I think you just, every unit should have one. I think if you're taking yeah. these guys. Um, other things to note. So if we look at the combat weapon side of it, um, not much has really changed here. So we've got our concussion walls, free attacks, weapon skill four plus strength, nine minus two, flat free damage still great really like that yep um the heavy plasma axe you can either have a strike or sweep like you did before uh so the strike three attacks weapon skill three plus strength six minus two two damage or the sweep six attacks weapon skill three plus strength four minus one one damage and then we look at one of my favorite models as i name him the hulk hands but his actual thing is the twin concussion gauntlet um four attacks weapon skill four plus strength nine minus one two damage but with twin links so you can reroll wounds um Again, you don't have to pay points for this thing. Um, do I think it? I think if you take axes, I would take one of these as well. Yeah. But I just think if you're taking the gaunt, if the mauls, I would just have all mauls because I just think the flat free damage on everyone is just much better. Um, yeah, and and the extra yeah. point of uh, the extra point of AP is yes. I, is necessary. You lose the attack, you lose the ability to not reroll your wounds, but if I'm honest, with judgment tokens and other things, you're not worrying that much about that. So yeah, really like yeah. I do like the berserkers and again if we just look at their points quickly, 135 points for 5, 270 for 10. Cheaper than they were before by a lot. Yep. They are good. They yep. they will do the business and I think they are they're in my lists. They're in my list. I like them. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're in the list that I made um for sure. I already had built my two concussion, uh, my or my two uh, mole launchers. They're they're staying in, um, and I like that I don't have to pay CP anymore for the for the bonus uh, subterranean explosives effects. Now yeah. I don't want to fight last on it, but that's I never really worried about that anyway. No, they so. were dead before they got to the fight. <laughs> I guess yeah. I, um, um, yeah. it was uh oh okay you you killed me. I'm gonna fight on death. <laughs> so nice. um, all right now. The the other the other great unit that is the that has caused fear and heartache uh, across the fruited uh, plain, um, the Hernkin Pioneers, the bikers. Yeah. So again, not much has really changed with them except that, like you alluded to, um, with the uh, the berserkers, the um, the pioneers have actually gained one of their old stratums as just a rule. So at the end of your opponent's turn. If this unit is within six inches of any battlefield edge that is not within engagement range, you can remove this unit and put it into strategic reserve. Really solid that. Um, so it means they can sort of skirt up, do some damage, and then, um, or equally, if they're just in a position where, because it's the, done at the end of your opponent's turn, 
Um, you know, if they're going to be sat on a flank, maybe doing one of your action cards, you know, um, maybe deploying some teleport homers for you. Um, you then can just basically do a quick redeploy with them. Really solid. They still scout, so they have the scout um, ability. So they didn't lose their pregame move. They, they, however, it's lost a few inches, nine inches rather than 12. We don't worry about that. Still having scout is super solid um, to be able right. to do that. And, an, and a nine inch pregame move is nothing to sneeze at. Not, not complaining about that. Not at all. You are you've hit the money on the head there. Weapons wise, pretty much the same um in terms of all the stats. So if we look at the rotary cannon, um 24 inches, uh six attacks, ballistic skill four plus, strength six, minus one, one damage. Um sustained hits one. So for every six you roll to hit, you gain an additional hit. Really good. Um something that actually looks quite tasty to me now is actually the ion beamer. Um, just because yeah. of the sustained hits D3 and the extra AP and the extra point of strength, less less attacks. But I think that, that that could be a good option now, I think. Um, whereas before, you didn't really see it. Um, and then the, the auto cannons are still great. Um, again, like we've said, the whole of Votan have gone up plus one toughness. So these now are toughness six. Really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Which is really good. Yep. And you still get your comms array. You still get your, your spectral scanner to ignore cover. Yeah. Um, you have your roll bar searchlight now, which... Um, if you're shooting at a unit that has the stealth ability, add one to the hit roll. It basically allows you to counter stealth. Yeah. Uh, which is nice. So, yeah, which is great. Yeah. Which um, is, which is great, especially cause there's, there's a lot of units that have stealth now. So yeah, a hundred percent and quick note about them. They're 105 points for far, uh, for free 210 for, um, six. So still cheap, you know, you could just be taking little units of three of these to maybe, you know, block off some of your opponent. Like if you know, for matchups of, you know, where they can either be quite quick or quite aggressive. Um, I think these are still good. I think maybe not taking three units anymore because you may be wanting to make room for other things. But I, I think I'm definitely taking two of these units. I think just two units of three, do the scout move, maybe block some stuff off or equally to be my action monkey or my card doers, as I've now started calling it, um, where they can just, you know, speed off really quickly um do do a really tricky card for you if you want to do the flexible missions uh the tactical missions uh, and yeah i think they're great cool and they're uh i don't know if you mentioned they're oc2 so much like in the last session when they had OCSEC, they they've, they've got a higher oc now unless you're yeah. this may not be quite as helpful if you're only running a squad of three squad of six that's going to be a much bigger deal because they're going to be you're going to be rolling a total oc of 12 a squad yeah. of three is only going to even oc six but that could ma- that could matter later in the game. Yeah, hundred percent. And so. Uh, yeah, so I think they're solid. I, I really like these guys. They really do. Uh, all right, then um, the the transport the 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 Votan transport tank that doesn't get all the love, uh, the Sagittar. I still think it looks really solid. Uh, what do you think, Dave? I think this thing may replace the land forts in my lists. Really? I you were, really you were, like- a, you were a hardcore devotee of your land forts. I, I'm not saying the land fort's bad because I think it's great. However, these guys got quite a big glow up. Okay, so the first thing that we'll talk about is their blistering advance. So units can disembark from this transport after it is advanced. If you do so, it just counts making a normal move and cannot declare a charge, but otherwise can act normally. Really good there. So you could put like I don't know, maybe five warriors in there using the splitting sort of thing you can do. Um, that's sort of denoted on the back. Um, when when obviously it tells you what you can put in there. Um, gun wise, it's got some good guns. It's got some really good yeah. guns. 
Like, so it's got a twin linked bolt cannon that it comes with as standard. This is just the standard thing it has. Three shots, bliss skill four plus, strength six minus one, two damage. Sustained hits one with twin links. So every six you roll to hit an additional hit. Re rolling wounds, really good. Then the weapons it has to choose from is cool. So we've either got, it's either can take its auto cannon, which is six shots, fours to hit, strength seven minus one, two damage. Really solid. It can take the Sagittar missile launcher, so it gets two versions of this. So the first is it gets the L7, so either it gets D6 shots, Blissful 4+, plus, Strength 4, no AP, 1 damage blast, or it can shoot one shot, Blissful 4+, plus, Strength 9, minus 2, D6 damage. And then in addition to that, it gets the Sagittar missile launcher, which is two shots, Blissful 4+, plus, Strength 12, minus 3, flat 3, which is super good. Or... The weapon I really like, which is the beam cannon, which is 24 inches, two attacks, bliss skill 4 plus, strength 12 minus 3, d6 damage, sustained hits d3. The sustained hits d3 would, would more impress me if this had a base higher number of attacks, but it only yeah. has two attacks. So your odds of rolling a six and triggering the sustained hits is real low. Like yeah, it's a which 16% chance. I do agree with 100% and I could never disagree with that. However, the fact that it's still very solid anyway with the D6 damage, the strength 12, the minus 3, really yeah. good at killing tanks. It, it, you know, this, this, this thing could, you know, go around and maybe wound a lot of tanks on 3s, mostly probably on 4s. I think it's really good. T toughness 10 as well, this thing is also itself a tank, as we've said. Um, mm. Dedicated transports, you can have 6 of them still. Uh, OC3 as well, which is really cool. Um and the other thing that I really like about it, uh, Dave, is that it now can scout move six inches. Oh, yeah. How did I miss that? Which That's is really cool. cool. Yeah. And um, yeah. again, if we just have a look, quick look at the points, 120 points for it. I don't think we could go wrong with that at all, right? Um, I don't think right. they're taking loads of these to confirm. I'm not taking six. I'm thinking maybe two. No. Maybe, maybe three. Because um, you don't have to take them as squadrons anymore. They can just have six individual ones um, because they're dedicated transports. So, yeah, really like them. I, I've, I, I like them. I, I've, I've, I've had a bit of a soft spot for them. Um, maybe one of my land fortresses will come out for two Sagittars now. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I liked them when I when I was playing in ninth with, with two Sagittars because I had a squad of Berserks in each Sagittar. Yeah. Um, but they still, as you mentioned earlier, they still also have their ability to um basically um allow our, our hearthkin warrior squad the combat squad yes and so you can only take only put five in if you got a squad of 10 you can put five into a sagittar and leave five on the board or put five in the other sagittar so that's um that's a legit and valid tactic that the and ability the sagittar still has yeah so and then um just winding down we only got two data sheets left to go um the thunderkin the the devastators the dwarven devastators yeah Dave, I said they started looking really spicy at the end of ninth, and they're looking even better now. Dave, I told you, didn't I? I alluded to there was another unit in this book that I thought sits at the top of those Hearthguard, and it is these guys. They are sick, <laughs> and they're not ill. They're just really cool. <laughs> so, so yeah. first thing is we'll go over their ability. So they get to when they use the Overwatch stratagem, they hit on fives rather than sixes. Really, really solid there. Really like that. Um, and then the second thing they get, well, the second thing I get, I say, um, they've got a plethora of weapons to choose from, all of which are very good. And I think they're also good. I'm going to talk about each one of them, right? 
First being the bolt cannon. So range 36, three shots, ballista skill 4+, plus, strength 6, minus 1, 2 damage, sustain hits 1. Probably the least, like, um, probably the least um, useful, in my opinion, of all of them, just because there's a lot of this anyway in, in the army. Um, but then we go into the other two. Starting with the Graviton Blast Cannon. D6 shots, Ballista Skill 4 plus, Strength 5, minus 2, 2 damage. Blast, so if you're shooting against a big unit, you're all good. But Anti-Vehicle 2 plus. Re really, really, really great. So you're always going to be wounding vehicles on 2s. You're, you're flat 2 damage, you're minus 2, looking solid. The other weapon I love, the SB Conversion Beamer. 24 inches, one shot, ballista skill 4+, plus, strength 7, minus 1, 3 damage each. Sustained hits D3, which again, you may look at it going again, if we use the same logic we had before, Dave, with um, the beam cannon, it's only on 6s and not a lot of shots. However, they've given them actually a unique rule called conversion. This means each time an attack is made with this weapon, if the target is more than 12 inches from the bearer, an unmodified successful hit roll of a 4+, plus scores a critical hit, which means that we have exploding four pluses, and that means that then you get D3 extra hits, and it's super, super good, and they're going to do loads of damage, and I really like them. And uh, do you know why I like them even more, Dave? Why? They're 95 points for three of them. <laughs> like, and which means they're 190 points for six. They're in. That There's no in. question. Yes. They're cheap. Yeah. <laughs> like, straight in the basket. Yeah. Yep, they are. Uh, they've and, been ordered. And, and they're... <laughs> And they're overwatching on fives. Yes. <laughs> I can't get over the fact you can also overwatch in the movement phase as well. Um, that also can lend a lot of, you know, hand to the conversion beamers by the fact of obviously if they're over 12 inches, that five will count as a critical hit, meaning it's exploding. I think they're so good. And I honestly can't rate them highly enough for how cheap they are. Um, yeah. I, in my ideal world, my army would be fairly Hearthguard, 18 of these, and then we'll just fill out the rest as we see fit, right? So um, <laughs> I think they're fat. Right. I, 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 just, I rate them that highly. I think they're absolutely fantastic. Awesome. All right. And then the uh, last but certainly not least, the land train, the land fortress. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's T12. It's a, it's it's a land. It's, it is literally a land fort. It's a land raider. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It, it's still got all its guns. It's still got loads of flavor. It has a bigger version of that beamer that the um, the uh, Thunderkin do. It has a bigger version of the Magma Rail that the Warriors do. It's got a bunch. It's just got a plethora of weapons. Um, obviously, with the new tank shock stratagem as well, it can even charge into combat and maybe do something. <laughs> um, it does have a unique rule called fire plat fire support which is um a well i say unique rule there's a lot of rules like this shared between armies of this fire support rule what this means is that in your shooting phase after this model is shot select one enemy unit is it scored one or more hits against until the end of the phase each time a friendly model that disembarks from this transport this turn makes an attack you can reroll the wound roll so again argument to have little little units so you can so you can go okay they'll get out this thing will shoot yeah i can reroll my wings now um, I really like this thing. It ignores cover as well, which is great. Um, and also 245 points. Great. I think yeah. it's cool. I think it's yeah. definitely, definitely you could still have two because they're well, they're well cheap. <laughs> um, I just think there's other things in the army that you may want to look at first before, you know, just sort of going gun the hoe on the two, like we've alluded to already with the Thunderkin and the Hearthguard and even the Berserker. 
Yeah. And it transports uh, 12 Leagues of OTAN infantry models. Exo armor models count as two. Exo frame count as three. So you're not putting a whole lot of uh, Thunderkin in here, but you can put a squad of five Hearthguard plus your champion in here or plus your call in here. Yeah. So um, you could. it's going to transport a, a, a reasonable number of, of uh, ass kickers yeah. to, to, to roll out of it too and continue to, to put the hurt on. So, all right, that covers all of the data sheets. Uh, with that, we will be right back. Uh, right now we are just going to take a quick pause um, and we're going to do a, uh, a battle ready segment with James from seed studios. And we were right back. All right, James, welcome back. I have uh, with the, uh, I mean, a few uh, at this point, it's been, a, it's been a few months since, um, uh, world eaters dropped, but I wanted to ask you this question back then. Um, what is a good way or to do the blood effects on, you know, blood splatter and things like that? Is this, I mean, just using the brush and flicking paint doesn't seem, you know, tends to just overdo it. And then you've got these giant globs of paint that are way unrealistically large. So what's, yeah, what's a good way to put blood splatter on a model or, or any sort of effect? Blood, blood splatter and, and any effect in general, like, for example, OSL or things like that, it is very much a case-by-case, taste-by-taste basis. So, like, some people really like to have lots of blood on the miniatures. Nothing wrong with that. Some people like to have, like, really bright, super disco, like, almost like Las Vegas bright kind of, like, uh, you know, OSL on things, which is which is perfectly fine. Um, I'm in the camp of, 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 of uh, less is more, and subtlety just adds a lot more to a model, in my, in my personal opinion. Um, but to, to a really great way to apply blood effects is, uh, well, there's a couple of ways you can get a, a really firm toothbrush, which works really, really well, Put the designated blood product product, blood for the blood God, whatever it is, you can get some, uh, Yoohoo glue with uh, red ink mixed into it. You can do loads of different things. Um, and you can use a really hard firm toothbrush to flick that at the model and off the toothbrush bristles. Uh, and that that has a really really good effect because the, the the bristles are very very firm, much firmer than a t- than a paintbrush. Um, and because there's so many of them, you get loads of tiny little droplets. And again, you've got to think of scale. Like um, 28 mil model, Space Marines are like eight nine foot tall. Like if you're putting blobs on that are like the size of like a, I don't know like a, 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 with a paintbrush, those blood drops are going to be huge on the model in real life in scale. But with a toothbrush, you get those lovely little spatters, tiny little spatters. The other way you can do it, which is combining the toothbrush and also your airbrush, is to put all of the blood for the blood god on the air, on the end of the brush on the on the on the um so, on a really firm toothbrush, and then using max pressure from your airbrush, just place the end of the airbrush in front of the toothbrush and the model behind the toothbrush, and just do sharp bursts, and that will naturally put real subtle splodges and splots all over the model quite nicely, just by using the airbrush to almost force and blast off any tiny little bits of paint from or, or blood effect from that toothbrush onto the miniature um but that'll give you a very very natural kind of look uh just as for general blood splatter on a model so hopefully that answers that one yeah that's cool i had that that so using the airbrush to blast the the paint off of the toothbrush onto the model yeah yeah that's a really cool that's that sounds very cool i gotta try that i'm i'm finishing up some uh scary occult terminators right now for my son's thousands of army so uh, i wanted to and i got some custom uh 3d printed chain swords for them i'm going to I wanted to bloody them up. So that's do it. They'll look great. That. Yeah. They'll look brilliant. That's very cool. No worries. Cool. All right. Thanks man. See you later. All right. We are back. All right. We have, obviously we spent a lot of time going on over all the data sheets. I wanted to hit all of them because unlike some of the other, um, factions, there's not that many data sheets to go over, but, uh, we do still want to hit on the stratagems, and the enhancements. So Jake, let's start with warrior pride one CP. It's a fight phase strat. What's it do? 
So how this works is it's fight phase strat, so either player's fight phase. Um, you select one Leagues of Otan unit from your army and one enemy unit that has one or more judgment tokens and is with engagement range of that Leagues of Otan unit. Until the end of the phase, each time a model in your unit makes a melee attack against that target, you add one to the AP value for each judgment token. Ah, <laughs> fine print there for each judgment token. So you could get yes. minus two AP <laughs> on your basic for, for that unit. <laughs> yeah. You could have minus four on your concussion gauntlets. At the minimum, you're going to have minus one, right? Um, right. Really great for one CP. Really, really like that. I also love how you can use this in a either player's fight phase, and there's none of this um, you have to charge or anything like that. Um, I love it. I think that's a fantastic stratagem for one CP and definitely one that I will see myself using to get me out of stiff, you know, tough situations versus sort of high armor saved units. Yeah. All right. Uh, then we got ordered retreat. Pretty simple. Your movement phase just after a Leagues of Otan unit has fallen back. That Leagues of Otan unit can uh, declare a charge and is eligible to shoot. So a very simple, very standard 1CP, fullback shoot, fullback charge. Really great. Um, again, great on your Thunderkin that you don't want to get them bogged down in combat because you want them shooting. Uh, great on your Hearth Guard as well because before, you know, like we were saying, you could sight sight teleport them out if you really needed to. Now they can just walk out of combat if they want to and then shoot you and then charge back if they really want. So yeah, really solid right. for 1CP. Yeah, especially with the Hearth Guard because you, know, you may want to fall back, put those great guns to, to work. Uh, whittle down that unit and then charge back in to mop up so or, or equally uh, on the I reverse shoot another unit like shoot different units and then charge back into that unit because you know you're going to be able to kill it in combat so i think so many so yeah. many opportunities to do this every unit in the army can pretty much use this to effectiveness i think it's fair to say um yeah and yeah love that uh and then there's ancestral sentence for one cp and you and i w fall in love with this strat this is the best strat. <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> this is the best strat. In your shooting phase, one Leagues of Otan unit from your army. Until the end of the phase, each time a model in your unit makes a ranged attack, that attack has to sustained hits one ability. And each time a model in your unit makes a ranged attack that targets a unit with one or more judgment tokens, it sustained hits two. Dave... Sustained hits two, or equally sustained hits one for one CP. Hearthguard, ten Hearthguard, with all of their mountain of dice, and now just got exploding sixes on either two extra yep. hits or one. Insane. Absolute insanity. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. I love this strat. It's great. It's the best. Yeah, it is. It, it Yeah, double exploding sixes is amazing. Uh, in the in the easiest of times but put it or you know against the weakest of units but put it on a hearth guard unit with all those grenade shots uh you know 10 plasma shots uh you're you're gonna get you're gonna get some exploding sixes out of it and it's gonna be amazing it's great all right um it's yeah uh reactive reprisal for two cp go right this is this is a holdover. This is actually one of the only real holdovers I've seen other than that well-ordered retreat. Reactive reprisal. Your opponent's shooting phase just after an enemy unit that has one or more judgment tokens has resolved its shooting. One Leagues of Otan unit from your army that, that was selected as the target of one or more of the, the attacking unit's attacks. Your Leagues of Otan unit can now shoot as if it was the shooting phase, but it must target the enemy unit that just attacked it. It can only do so if the unit is eligible. Um... 
great. <laughs> Again, for 2CP a bit pricey, um, considering there are other armies that have it for less. Um, however, I think that imagine a unit of 10 Hearthguard shooting at you in your turn. Like, let's say you're, yeah. you know, you're, you're a, you know, like a on an objective and you're like, okay, I just need to pick off that one model on one wound. You get tempted to do it or just plenty of other, other ways that, you know, that you could be tempted. Even doing this with Thunderkin, you know, you shoot some Thunderkin, one dies. Okay, cool. I'm going to shoot you back. Imagine a vehicle shooting them and you have your grav cannons, Dave. That's going to hurt. That's potentially going to kill that yeah. vehicle outright. Um, so yeah, I think that's fantastic. 2CP, maybe a bit pricey to see it a lot, but it depends, I guess, if we're going to get our ruthless efficiency really early or not. So Right. Yeah. But yeah. I still think solid. Very solid. Yeah. Uh, void armor for 1CP, I can sum it up in three words. Yeah. Armor of contempt. Yeah, so you, this is your minus one yeah. AP strat. Again, great for your hearth god and for your thunderkin so yeah yep love it and then newfound nemesis for one cp i think that is that's another holdover isn't it essentially um, so I think the, name, the name's different but i think it does the same thing yeah so this is in your opponent's sheet phase or fight phase just after an enemy is resolved it sacks one of these votan infantry or mounted so that's your bikes uh unit from your army that was reduced to below half strength as a result of the of the attacking unit's attack the attacking unit gains one judgment token or up to two judgment tokens instead if the warlord was in that unit um really great because if we're thinking that three bikes in a unit if you kill two in combat or shooting and they're left to one you could spend this and just give them a judgment token um same for thunderkin um below half strength also for vehicles as well oh no sorry it's not for vehicles it's only for infantry mounted i don't want to luckily i read that again but yeah Still, I think this is a great strat. Maybe not maybe not one you'll see yourself using all the time, but could come up really clutch if you know that, let's say, that unit is a shooting and melee unit. It takes your unit to blow half strength. You're like, okay, I could maybe then use this to get plus one to wound on them, essentially. If I know they're going to charge in, that may yeah. even deter them from charging as a strong combat unit of mine. That could then give me the counter punch. Um, but yeah, think, I, th I don't think it's the best, but I definitely think it's solid. Yeah, it's a it's a good toolbox strat. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, uh, and then the we got four enhancements, just like all the indexes. Um, appraising glare um, is one of the ones that I was um, strongly considering taking on my call. Um, in your command phase, you can select one objective marker your opponent controls until the end of the phase. While an enemy unit is within range of that objective marker, it counts as having one more judgment token on it than it actually has to a maximum of two. I think it's the best one as a as a yeah as a just a like like points wise before we even saw points i thought this last one is 20 points is great um just the ability to get their judgment tokens on early um so giving a lot of units plus one to hit um if the fact you can change the objective per command phase is great um when i was alluding to having a enhancement doer or enhancement holder um this was the this was the enhancement i was alluding to that you would you would want um i think this is fantastic um You've then got long list. So leagues of OTAN model only. Each time the bearer's unit destroys an enemy unit, if that enemy unit has one or more judgment tokens on it, you can select one other enemy unit visible to the bearer and give them a judgment token. Again, very similar to what it did before, because um, it was a warlord trait before, now an enhancement. Um, super, super good, um, especially if you know your unit's going to be doing damage. <laughs> like You can just be handing those judgment tokens out. Super good. 
yeah, slap this on your iron here, champion, or your call if you're going to be getting him stuck in, and let him go to town. Yeah. And and he'll just be spreading out the the, the judgment, uh, the, the judgmental love, just like it's Thanksgiving uh, dinner. And that's so, what we want. That's right. Uh, Grim demeanor's not bad. Uh, it's it's all right. It's, not, it's certainly it's okay. I, I I definitely think it's middle of the pack here. Yeah, so so what it does is you can reroll your battle shot tests for the bearer's unit and models in that unit ignore any or all modifiers to their characteristics or any rolls for tests made. So that would be something like a hazarded hazarded test if you're forced to take that at like a minus one. There's not a lot of hazardous weapons though in the Votan army, so we don't have to worry too much about that. Um, main things are like minus one to hit and minus one to wound um, that they would ignore. Um, again, this thing is 20 points. If you've got 20 points spare, take it. But I, I wouldn't take this over appraising glare. Uh, all right. And then Wayfarer's Grace is the last one. This was, I, I when I looked at it, this was the one I, I ranked as the least interesting. Yeah, this is, this is like the only one that only really just affects one model, which I think as a personal thing, um, a lot of the enhancements I think you want, I like the ones where they benefit the unit because it just gives it more value. Um, you know, but th this one is the first time the bear is destroyed after placing a judgment token. So key thing about that is after. So you give them a judgment token. Um, so again, a little baiting way of doing that. Um, roll a d6 at the at the end of the phase on a two plus the bearer gets back up on the battlefield as close to possible with full wounds. <laughs> it's it's okay. It's twenty. It's ironically the most expensive one though, <laughs> and it's probably right. in my opinion the worst. Just because it only affects one yeah. person. If we think as well how characters are joining units, that means this whole unit's died. Or, you know, he or she's whole units has died. You then have to get back up. You can't join another unit. Um, so you're just sort of left on your tod a bit. So I think on a champion, this is good, but only because he's the most independently working character in terms of he could just run in and then do a bunch of damage. Um, but uh, again, for the most expensive upgrade, Sadly, it is, in my opinion, the most disappointing. Fair. All right. Uh, so let's talk about um, just overall impressions of of the Votan now. Um, like, a, how would you define what do you, what is the overall playstyle? Before, obviously, it was like Emir, stand back and shoot a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Greater Thurian, you're just going to judgment token the bejesus in, uh, out of people and yeah. then shoot them a lot. Um, Cronus was melee, and then nobody ever really saw the, Berser, you the know, other ones. Um, <laughs> um, the other ones, um, which I can't even suddenly remember. So, uh, you know, we're with with only having one detachment right now. We're kind of drilled down to a single playstyle. How would you encapsulate that playstyle? I, I think it goes into that Ymir gunline style army. I think because of also how cheap some of the good gun units are. The Thunderkin are ridiculously cheap. I even think the Hearthguard, to an extent, are quite cheap. Um, I think there's a lot more interesting things with characters. So you could either have an army where you take one character with that appraising glare and you just have him there. Or you could maybe run three Carls or two champions and a Carl or whatever combo you want to do with your characters um, and put them in each of your Hearthguard units so then they all get that benefit, that minus one to wound. Um, obviously then having less units for you to play with. Um, I think Votan now is probably going to be a lot more about the actual boots on the ground and maybe less about the vehicles. 
again, I know we've said that this is the addition of the tank, the monster. Um, but I just think Votan, there's so much play to just have a lot of models on the table. You know, having your warriors there to back up some Hearthguard just to make an objective sticky because you're slow. You, you don't have your teleport shenanigans anymore. Um, bikes, I think, have gained value because of that, because you've lost the ability to teleport. Um, so having a fast unit in your army is really usable. Um, but yeah, I think overall in terms of playstyle, I think you're still going to be a gun. You think you're, you're still there at a gunline army because you're slow. So naturally you want to be able to do damage from range. But it's not impossible to go into a melee build, as we've seen. They've got some very good melee weapons. Um, and I, like I said, I don't think it's going to be the non-norm to see like maybe a melee build where you take six Sagittar, you take 30 Berserkers. You stick them all in there. Mole launchers are flying everywhere, making everybody less, you know, like slower. You've got your hearth guarders there, you know, also trundling up behind them, shooting and doing lots of damage. I think there's a lot of potential. I think there's loads of potential with the army, and I think that it can, I think that it can have a lot more of a diverse play style than maybe what is seen on the outside. But ultimately, I will also state that I do think the best way of playing this army is that gun line. Yeah. But it's it is gunline not to the extent of um Astromelterum or or Tau that have no melee options. It's yeah. gunline that has some viable melee options to throw in or sprinkle in where necessary to give you some flexibility to give you some punch. So um which I like. I which it's one of the it was one of the last selling points that I didn't really need, but it was one of the last selling points to get to get me to move to Votan from Tau. Yes, was, which I like the fact that they have a more diverse play style. Yeah. And, and we haven't lost that. No, you we haven't at all. And I think that you, you've really hit the nail on the head there, Dave, where, you know, you've got your Tau and your Astro Militarum, which are your traditional gun line. They are just about shooting. They don't want anything to do with this melee stuff. They want to shoot. With Votan, if we look at the Hearth Guard, I know I keep going on about them, but guys, they are great. Um, they have a really great melee weapon and a really great array of guns. Um, so they can do both. They they can they can wash and dry, as it were. And um, I'm, <laughs> absolutely. I, and uh, yeah, I think this great. And I'm so 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 looking forward to be able to put this index on the table, play as many games as humanly possible with it, take them to some tournaments when they all start up for tenth edition, and just get going. Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, how do you how do you see the the faction scoring primaries? Just loading up Hearthkin Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was never their strong suit anyway, let's be honest. Um, so I think, again, this is why I really rate the bikes. You know, like you said as well, the OC2 on them is fantastic. Um, I think a lot of, like, objective play is going to be very much the case of maybe throw your bikes on the objectives, use everything else just to shoot everything off of those objectives. Bikes can hold them. Like you said, having at least one unit of warriors could be really good in a Votan army because you can make, depending on the map, if we let, take your traditional, there's one in your deployment zone, the rest scattered about. You make that one sticky, and now you're free to go off and do what you want, um, which is great. So, you know, you can free, you're free to go off and do what you want. Um, you're not having to worry about, you know, I need to keep a unit back here, whereas actual fact you can go, okay, well, I'll do that. Make it, having Sagittars then to split those warriors, then having two units that do that for, for essentially the price of one, great as well. Um, I think they'll struggle. I'm not going to lie. Um, however, 
I think that it's not impossible anymore. I think there's a it's a lot easier to do with the OC mechanics with the ability that the Warriors have. I think it's a lot more doable to score primary than it was before. Okay. Um, and we, you know, we can't talk about secondaries too much because, uh, most people have not seen, uh, unless they've watched the, the VT streaming games on YouTube, which has shown a little bit of the, the forthcoming, um, secondaries. Yeah. Uh, so we won't worry about too much. I mean, you're not, this is not a behind enemy lines faction for, for sure. You, you have, I mean, you could with the bikes, but you're squandering that resource then very quickly no. by just heating them into the other end of the yeah. table i i think i so. think in terms of like how they play them like the secondary game it really depends on if you're wanting to play with the like the the random cards or the fixed ones i think maybe fixed is probably better just because of um just because in your head you'll be like okay well i need to focus on primary i don't want to have to draw a card where randomly i have to now go somewhere that i don't want to go and I've got to now right. do something I don't want to do. Um, I just want to have consistency. And I think that's okay to, to be able to have that. I think definitely, though, there is an argument to say you can do the fix. You can definitely build a list to do the flexible missions, the tactical missions. Um, but I think fix is probably the way I'm going to go when playing Votan. But just so then I have that mindset of going into the game, I'll go, okay, these are my secondaries. They're not changing. Let me now just focus on actually scoring primary. Let's see how I do. So I think that that's just my sort of view on that. Okay. Um, so uh, just give us a couple of strengths and weaknesses for a Votan. The strengths, great shooting. I think fantastic shooting. Um, fantastic abilities in terms of the judgment tokens with the plus one to hit and wound. Um, really good at killing your higher toughness things. Um, okay combat, but I think the shooting is where, like we've said, is really is great. Um, downsides, very slow, unless you're taking bikes or vehicles. Very, very slow. Um not the most AP either, as well. Um, the most I've really seen is AP2, um, which I think is a, the same for a lot of books. But in actual fact, like all of those sort of high AP three or four weapons are locked behind the big tanks or special weapons in a unit. So you're not even getting a lot of shots with them. Um, and also semi like medium strength. Again, like it's very rare to see a weapon that's above strength eight in the army. Um, but again, Arguably, with judgment tokens giving you plus one to wound, that won't be as much of an issue as you'd think. Mm. Okay. Uh, and what are some opportunities and threats? Um, I think an opportunity is definitely like a equally slow moving army. So your death guards, your equally Votan in the mirror matchup. If you could have an army that is really good into other Votan, um, even something something with low armor save, so your Tyranids, like a horde army. Because you know, those Hearthguard will go off with sustained hits into into all your nids. You could probably pick up two units with just one of yours alone. Um, again, big yeah. bold prediction, but I think it could happen. And that's how confident I am in this unit. Um, in terms of your threats, fast-moving armies, that's never changed. Something that can tag you really, really quickly. So like your World Eaters, your Orcs to an extent, your Blood Angels, you know, all these armies that move quickly and can hit hard. Um, if they can get enough to tag all like enough units of yours um, through charging and you know clever pylons and consolidation moves, um, you're going to be in for a bad time. Considering that you now only have one way of fallback and shooting and fallback and charging, um, yeah. Whereas before we sort of had more. So, um, but obviously, you know, again, we've got Overwatch though. That's okay. Um, I guess another threat as well would be like a high armor save 
high wound, high toughness, so like something like a knight, um, just because of, again, like I said, a lot of the lower sort of end strength stuff will struggle, and then you, you need to try and get those judgment tokens on there as soon as possible. Um, and either you're losing your units to do that, or you're having your carls looking out and trying to see, and, or using that appraising glare. So again, I think that, that, that they may struggle into that, but I don't think they'll struggle as much as that really big sort of fast moving threat of Blood Angels and all the other fast armies. Okay, makes sense. All right. Uh, that's I think that's all we got. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for giving us your time and your attention. Uh, and I obviously huge shout out and thanks to my good friend, Jake Harding, for for coming on the show today and um, sharing his, his love, his passion, and his knowledge about uh, the Leagues of Votan. Um, I always enjoy our conversations. I always learn more about my favorite faction when you and I get to have these chats. So uh, I appreciate it, brother, for, for thanks for coming on. Oh, Dave, um, the pleasure is all mine, to be honest. I love hanging out. I love when we get to chat. And I know we don't get to chat that, that often. And, um, you know, but I, every time we do it is a genuine pleasure. So thank you. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, and uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for giving us your time and your attention. Uh, I would tell you what we're recording next. Uh, but it is um, irrelevant since we're kind of releasing these now somewhat out of order. So um, so tune in next time uh, on the next episode for a surprise to find out for all of us what episode I'll be uploading next. So uh, uh, until then, this is Dave Calmel for Jake Harding and all of Vanguard Tactics saying the mightiest thing a dwarf can do is to be worthy of the name of his father. Take care. <laughs>